Welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. I am your co-host, E.K. Wimmer. Hey, E.K. Wimmer. I'm Mariah Rose. How you doing? I am doing well. How are you doing? Great. Great. Getting ready for the holidays. Definitely getting ready for the holidays. We'll get into that. But what have you been up to otherwise? I've been teaching a class, an art history class at a university. Super fun. And teaching yoga and taking weird walks in the desert. Yeah. What about you? I've been pretty busy. I, as we mentioned last time, the my album's out. So thank you to everybody who has been streaming it and downloading it and pre-ordering the vinyl and cassette. That's been super awesome. Oh, wait. Did I just hear somebody say I, I meant to do that and I haven't yet, but I'm going to right now <laughs> pause it and go do that? Yeah, I think you heard several people say that. Nice. No. Thank you. Uh, anyway, it is a limited release, the vinyl and cassette, but you do if you if you pre-order it and download it. Or if you pre-order it, you get an instant download. So there's, there's incentive there. But anyway, thanks to everybody who's been doing that. I've been getting some really nice words from people and... Uh, it's been awesome, and I'm already starting on the next project. Like, uh, I got a lot, got a lot I need to get to. So, maker's gonna make. Yeah, maker's gonna make. Well, okay, I guess we jumped the gun there. Oh, to new listeners, welcome. This is Laser Graves. Oh, hi. Um, this is a podcast where we talk about what we're up to and then introduce ourselves. Yeah, it's normal. No, imagine uh, if we <laughs> met people that way. <laughs> like. Like just start talking about what they've been up to. I do that in yoga class. I'm like, oh, wait, not everybody here has been here before. My name is Mariah. <laughs> but it's like five minutes in. Yeah, I try and be mindful that of that on the podcast because I realize every episode we get new listeners and then they go back, you know, into our back catalog. But it's kind of nice to be able to get a greeting when you very first listen. I listened to this podcast for a long time and... I loved when he was wrapping it up. It was his final episode. What and podcast? It was uh, a video nasties podcast. Oh, yeah. It was really good. And basically he was done with that season or that series. And he did a introduction and a thank you in the same episode where he introduced uh. what the whole podcast is about and what people can expect, but then also thanked everybody who had been listening. And I thought it was a nice little, little bow on there of oh. saying like, if you're just tuning in on the last episode you're not clueless you know what you're gonna go back and listen to it's like a kiss on the cheek and a pat on the butt at the same time <laughs> it is <laughs> oh man i know i nailed it <laughs> <laughs> for sure that's laser graves really a kiss on the cheek and a pat on the butt we got you also don't um, do it to us though i'll if, bite you if you're new to this podcast and you want to know what you're in for in back episodes it's going to be basically what we're doing today which is um, really bad movies for the most part. We have lots of in-depth, really scholarly research that we also include. And it's just, you know, win, lose, or draw, you get it. Yeah. Sometimes I, this, sometimes that. Yeah. Also a little disclaimer. Um, oh. When we get really excited and recommend movies, that doesn't mean they're good movies. No. That just means we really liked them. Uh, little side <laughs> note here. What's a claimer? We do a disclaimer. Nobody ever does a claimer. Oh, well, I think claimers were pre like 90s rap. And then after <laughs> 90s rap, there was a lot of disclaimers. We've got some proclaimers, too. Oh, yeah. They walked 500 <laughs> miles. <laughs> but anyway, that was our disclaimer. And welcome. <laughs> welcome, everybody. <laughs> it is the holiday season. We are in the thick of it. We got through Halloween. Yeah. Which is a bummer because it's over. And then immediately following Halloween... You know, like jumping out of a jack-o'-lantern is Mariah Carey singing your Christmas song. 100%. And it's coming at you. It's coming at you strong. We just had family get off an airplane like 20 minutes ago. Guess who didn't have to pick them up at the airport? It's us. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, we're recording a podcast. It's important. Uh, we are, are going into Thanksgiving. So this is your Thanksgiving episode. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. You are welcome. Now you have something to be thankful for. Even if your family is weird or you have really strange feelings about the origin of this holiday, you've got this to be thankful for. Yeah, this holiday is really stupid, but it's really fun to be able to do a Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, it is. And when it comes to Thanksgiving movies from the 80s, mm -hmm. it's a limited palette, I will say, to paint from. Mm -hmm. 
but we'll get into that. But I don't know. I'm assuming there's going to be some other podcasts that are doing this, but I've been saving this one. You know, the holiday horrors and stuff I kind of put in my pocket and pull out. And this one I've been thinking about doing. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody else is doing this, cool, go listen to that. But ours is going to be um, far superior. Yes. Also, it's interesting to me that you like seasonal stuff. You you kind of play it cool, but you're a seasonal guy. You always get jazzed up about holiday episodes. I love seasons and I love holidays. I just don't like other people celebrating the holidays. That's what that's it's what just annoys for you. It's just it's overkill. It's my thing. It's for me. I don't like walking into a store and hearing Christmas music because it's like I get it. I don't need to. I don't need to be like told that it's uh-huh. Christmas. Well, and Christmas is really the only holiday with a lot of songs. Yeah. Like a lot of music. There's a little bit for Halloween. Like a little bit. Nothing for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Well, there's Weird Al's Eat It. Okay. That's like the unofficial Thanksgiving song. I'm thinking of others. I don't think there's Valentine's songs. Yeah, there's a Valentine's 50s song. No. Yeah. And what about St. Paddy's Day? Oh, Danny Boy? Well, all of House of Pain's albums. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Okay. Okay, well, back to what we're actually doing. What's happening? Where am I? We are doing a uh, Thanksgiving episode. Mm -hmm. And we are pulling out... There's like the the heavy hitter Thanksgiving horror. And then there's the one that is kept in a dog kennel in the basement and never gets brought out to see the sunlight. That's this one that we're doing this it's, week. Yeah. We are doing uh, the random Overlook Deep Cut uh, Home Sweet Home. Mm-hmm. It's 7 a.m. in Los Angeles and our top story continues to be the intensive police dragnet for an armed and dangerous escaped mental patient. 26-year-old Jay Jones escaped from the Hobart State Hospital for the criminally insane last night after killing an attendant and leaving a guard in critical condition. Jones was committed to Hobart eight years ago after a lengthy and well-publicized trial following the bludgeoning death of both of his parents. We talked with a state police department spokesman shortly after Jones' escape last night. He's extremely dangerous. Probably armed. He could be on PCP. Jones is Caucasian. brown hair. If you see anyone answering this description, stay clear of him and notify your local law enforcement agency. Okay, Home Sweet Home, 1981. It was also known in Canada as Slasher in the House, and even cooler in Germany as Blood Party. Ooh. Which one do you like out of those three? Blood Party. Yeah, I'm a Blood Party guy, too. I mean, it's just like, of course I'm going to say Blood Party. Let's invite everybody to a Blood Party. Although our killer didn't have a Blood Party tattoo like he did Home Sweet Home. (laughs) Oh, let's get blood party tattoos. We can get a blood party tattoo. Okay. Um, this is this is an interesting one. This was not a first time watch for us. We have seen it before. However, this was not one that was in our rental store growing up. No. And actually, we watched this one and I was like certain we had done an episode on it. We couldn't You were really find pushy it. on it. You made me look up, literally look up every episode we've ever done to prove to you that we had not done it. I didn't make you. I started looking and then you went faster than me. Yeah. But... More efficiently, you mean. Oh, rude. But I did take notes on it at some point. So now we're going to give you, like, super well done, very formal reviews. Oh, you're really setting us up for failure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like you're... If if we were to divide us up as a couple, you're the proclaimer and I'm the disclaimer. I think that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Aw. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, back to home, sweet home. So, <laughs> Thanksgiving horror. <laughs> We've gone off the rails so many times. Uh, it's just this is going to be the whole episode. Okay, good. I'm not focused. Focus, go. So, when it comes to Thanksgiving horror, especially up till this point, 
There's really nada. Um, there's Blood Freak. You remember that one with the 70s one with the crazy turkey mutant guy? Oh, yeah. We've got that. Okay. We talked about doing a time travel of that for Thanksgiving, and then um, we didn't. Maybe next year. Yeah, keep your fingers crossed, everybody. Hold your breath. But the big one that everybody knows is Blood Rage. That's a tape I do not own. I think it is an incredible movie. It's worth all the praise. It's hilarious, but... That price is not sitting with me, so... How much um, is it? 400 No, it is an expensive tape. It's just one that I'm convinced I'll find eventually. You're kind of miserly, yeah. Yeah, everything turns up eventually, so I'm not going to pay for that one. But uh, it is a really great movie, and that's one that every year people need to cover on podcasts because it's worth it. It is funny. Mm-hmm. This is the one that... Um, it's like, oh yeah, there's there was another one. It was What's called that? Home Sweet Home, and it does not get a lot of love. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie, like I really like this movie. I think it's quirky and weird, and it is. It's our type of movie that we appreciate. I will put this in the same vein as a lot of movies we do that we love, similar to. Um, appointment with fear Mm. like i could see heather being in this film yeah it's got it's just got this weird alien quality where it doesn't quite flow right no and it's kind of just a mess it was like nightmare weekend oh mm -hmm. similar and you just can't take your eyes off of it yeah because it's so weird it's super weird i did not bore me at all and it starts off like hey by the way (laughs) You're watching a slasher film. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. They're, the killer's choking a guy out within the first, like, 30 seconds. So There's no question what you're watching. So I appreciate that. But this film overall, I think it deserves more more praise than it gets. Okay. For, considering all the films that have been released on Blu-ray, or really DVD for that matter, this one deserves some treatment of some sort. It's a launch pad for some big names. <laughs> Well, big <laughs> emphasis on big. Uh, I I will also say selfishly, I would like a Blu-ray of this just so that we can actually see what's going on uh, for yeah. 40% of the movie. Yeah, it's pretty dark. Pretty it is dark. pretty dark. And we don't mean thematically. We mean that cinematographer was sleeping on the jab. Well, I mean, that's just what happens with all of these movies over time, too. Um, To some degree. I don't know. Okay. Tell that to uh, Steven Spielberg. Okay, I will. And Steven Spielberg is going to have another appearance later on in this episode. Holy smokes. Well, this did have the same budget as Indiana Jones. Clearly. They just used their money very differently. I'm going to talk about Indiana Jones. Are you? Yes. Holy moly. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm excited now. <laughs> Before we start... I would like to give a special shout out and thanks to our mutual friend CJ for sending this tape along to us because uh, he knew we would like it. And I think I had even expected to cover it sooner. So we love CJ. Yeah, we really do. He gets our sense of humor. He definitely he's the one that gave us appointment with fear. (laughs) If anybody knows what we like, it's that guy. So anyway, this one's dedicated to him because this this tape came via him. So thanks for that. And um, what I think is funny is just how bizarre this film is, starting with the tagline. I realize we never look at the taglines of movies that we cover. We should. What is this one? Well, I would. I figured let's start doing that. Maybe. Okay. The 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 tag to this is, is this year. It's not the turkey being carved for Thanksgiving. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, there's some people carving. Yeah. Okay. For, oh, there's multiple deaths in this one. Well, but carving. Okay. Well, before we get into what the film actually is about, let's talk about some people involved. Okay. The crew end. Curious. This was uh, a rarity in the 80s, a horror slasher directed by a female. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of those, although there are the ones that were are really stand out. They're awesome. Like all the female directed horrors of the 80s pretty much rule. So women are the best. Yes. But this one often doesn't get included because I've seen people do entire series on those. And this one huh. just always is kind of forgotten <laughs> by everybody. But this was directed by Nettie Pena, 
And her only film, I think she maybe did something later, like uh, was involved in something later, but this was like the the mm-hmm. film that she did. Her credits are very few. Um, prior to getting a shot at directing a feature film, mm-hmm. she had an editor credit on the 1978 a porn called Dracula Sucks. <laughs> So that's the director. Nice. It was written by... I'm just front-loading this and letting everybody know these are all one and done. This whole entire like cast and crew, for the most part... With two exceptions. With, yeah, with two. Uh, was really pretty much this was all they did. It was written by a guy named Thomas Bush, and his only other real credit was assistant sound editor on Evil Dead 2. Okay. So it's just really random. All right. The guy was kind of expecting to at least see a little bit more than this. Yeah, usually you do. Composer um, had a bit more than I was expecting. Richard Tuffo. <laughs> what a last name. Okay. Do you think he was like, a, you know, uh, rolled up sleeves? Is it spelled T-O-U-G-H or T-U-F-F? T-U-F-O. Maybe it's Tufo. No, it's Tuffo. Okay. Hey, my name's Richard Tuffo. Why are you calling me Tufo? <laughs> Unless you're talking about this gun and this one. You yeah. get two for one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, he also had credits as the music arranger on Demented, Terror on Tour, and another holiday horror to All a Good Night. So I was kind of surprised mm-hmm. that he had any other credits, to be okay. honest. And then lastly, I don't normally uh, look into this, but... I needed to pay special attention to the cinematographer because this film was so dark. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I was like, please tell me this person never had another job. Don Stern was the cinematographer on a film that I have been trying to get us to cover for years now. And I love it. It's a mid-80s deep cut called Evils of the Night. It's a lightning release that we have. Such a weird film. And it finally got a Blu-ray release. So I think more people know about it now. It's a really weird film. So we should definitely cover it. But I was really surprised to see that credit on there. Like, uh, that was really random. It's weird how these people kind of pop up wherever. Yeah. You like, they had to have known somebody who knew somebody or something. But Yeah. yeah. But overall, it was, it's just one of these films. We cover these a lot with the types of movies we do where... Um, everybody just kind of got one shot at it and then went on to just have different careers. And this was not um, in the cards for them down the future. But all in all, I'm glad they made it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I'm glad because of just, it just opens. I feel like this is a rookie move. When people make a lot of movies, they kind of keep their cards close to them and they don't show everything right away. I think first time and only time filmmakers are eager to just get the film going. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the indication with this is like right when it starts, you can tell everybody's just excited to get this film going. I know it's precious. So the actors cast, um, kind of similar situation as I kind of hinted only two names really that went on to success. First is we see a young Vanessa Shaw. She plays our character Angel in this film, a child. Yes. Yeah, so tell everybody who Vanessa Shaw is. Well, I very first knew her from the the 90s movie Ladybugs. Yeah. Starring the dreamboat Jonathan Brandis. Oh, uh, R.I.P. I, I know. I had such a crush on him and wished I could play soccer so I could be in this movie. But more... And probably most people would know her as the babe from Hocus Pocus. Yeah. And she'd later go on to work with Kubrick in his last film, Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Too. So she's, she, I mean, she's had a, a good career. Very big career. Very successful. Still actively working. A side note on Ladybugs with Rodney Dangerfield. Yes. <laughs> um, to our listeners. Well, I guess I should back up. Do you remember when on Halloween I did a poll on our Instagram of if we should do a special Halloween time travel <laughs> to do Halloween on Ice, the ice skating <laughs> film? And I, I voted against it. You voted it. against it. And because of that vote, it was uh, like 52% no. <laughs> and when I looked, you were the one that pushed it over. So we did not cover it. 
<laughs> no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. That's your tattoo. <laughs> anyway, so it just got me thinking about close calls that our listeners don't know about. Uh-huh. Another one that they did not have to sit through was another time travel idea that we kicked around of doing a double feature of Ladybugs and the Amanda Bynes film, She's the Man. Because one night we thought it would be really cool to do a double feature um, teen comedy of soccer theme. Yeah. Even though we both have never played soccer. No, I don't care about soccer. Anyway, that didn't happen. But just know everybody... We it saved you. Almost did. You were protected. Yeah. What once could have been. Yep. I'll always vote no. Anyway. Okay. So she's our big star, even though this was her first film as a little baby and she does nothing. She's like six or something. Yeah. She really is. She doesn't give it her all here. I was pretty much uh, unimpressed with her performance. Underwhelmed. Yeah. Underwhelmed. I would have fired her, honestly, and hired somebody else. But yeah. Like find a different career. Yeah. But somebody saw the spark in her eye and knew <laughs> she, had, she had it. She had the it quality. <laughs> now, our other big name, and you're going to go, I don't know who that is, but just you wait. Our, no- our other big name is Jake Steinfeld. Yes. It's Steinfeld? Yeah. Oh, I always thought it was Seinfeld. No, Stein. There's okay, Steinfeld. Yes, Jake. And I have something for you. What? This week's fun fact. Holy moly. Wait, I'm afraid to tell you, you have to come up with a new theme song because this is this week's mega facts. Um, you'll get this theme song instead. (laughs) (laughs) You can thank your family for visiting for not getting a mega theme. Um, It's their fault. I don't have time. Okay, well, whatever. Okay, I'm very excited about this because if you're of a certain generation, you definitely know who this dude is. Mm-hmm. If you are not, you're going to be like, isn't that Lou Ferrigno? Uh, yep. It's not. It's not Lou Ferrigno. So I, I'm going to preface this by telling you, everybody, you're doing enough. It's okay. Just because other people overachieve in life, it doesn't make your life less valuable okay because oh you're really proclaiming right now hold on to your butts (laughs) okay jake steinfeld has (laughs) left it all on the dance floor yeah except for this film i'd say he left it all on the dance floor no like this is should be his pride and joy and he's completely like disowned it this is his second film so you might know jake from the 80s series big brother jake or cheech and chong's next movie he's also in the money pit and maybe more recently he's a voice in ratatouille Cool. Really? Yeah, cool, 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 whatever. That's a he, pretty good cartoon. He did a bunch of other stuff, too. Those are just a few, like, hot points along the journey, because we just don't have time to make this a Jake Steinfeld podcast. Well, acting isn't even his biggest claim to fame. No. So it, there's just sort of an insane amount of fun facts about Jake, and I want you to keep this in mind as we move forward through this list into the actual film <laughs> okay because of his role in this film is this all fun facts that predate the film or after the film after okay. before after so started out a little rough grew up in new york he's a college dropout okay as i mentioned you're shaming him no no everybody has their journey <laughs> okay his journey is far more successful than ours <laughs> He appeared in films and TV, as I said. He worked as a personal trainer hired by Steven Spielberg for Harrison Ford during the Indiana Jones years. Really? Yes. I did not know any of this. He is also the CEO of Body by Jake, which is a huge brand, so much bigger than we realize. He also created and sold Fit TV. It was a like 24-hour fitness channel, and he sold it for a lot. I knew, I mean, Body by Jake was all mm-hmm. over late night TV. And it was one of those things that when you were a kid and you pretended to be sick so you could stay home, you would watch, you know, David the Gnome or Eureka's Castle. It would be yeah. like some crappy program. My and dad then it did would that. lead into like a daytime drama. Maybe a judge show. Court TV. 
court TV, and then if you were lucky, some infomercial of <laughs> Body by Jake. Yep. That's where I know him from. <laughs> He's everywhere. So after he sold Fit TV, he created Exercise TV. That seems like a pretty prolific career. I'm just getting started. He started the Major League Lacrosse, or MLL, which has six franchises throughout the United States. What? And their trophy is called the Steinfeld Cup. Oh, boy. He founded the World Series of Youth Lacrosse, and it's like a whole big thing. I'm just kind of dropping some words here, but it's like its whole own thing. I have one question before you go on. Did he play lacrosse? He must have. I couldn't find out. I just would love the idea if he didn't. And this was just his, the thing he took up, his cause. No, also found the, founded the World Series of Youth Lacrosse, formed a music label called Body by Jake Music. Oh, no. Is it just like jock jams? I have no idea. You know I, it is. I couldn't go into all of his success. It's make you just... flex. <laughs> <laughs> It was just too much. He was the California Governor's Council like leader uh, on physical fitness and sports under Governor Schwarzenegger and then whatever governor came after. So he was like the leader of that. Okay. In 2012, Olympic torchbearer. What? Yeah. Jake? Body by Jake? Uh-huh. Ran with the Olympic torch? Yeah, it's pretty cool. They made him the honorary mayor of Pacific Palisades. <laughs> okay. He is a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author, having written four books. Okay. And this one's for the youths. It's going to go right over your head, but he is the uncle to the singer and actress Haley Seinfeld. Okay. Yeah, that went over my head. I know. But the youths will know. That was crazy. That's just like... The hits of what he's done. This man, and he's still alive. He's just the exact same age as my parents. I thought he just did Body by Jake and that was it. No, he hasn't stopped. And he's still ripped. How is he weightlifting and being so successful? I would say good for him if he's happy. How is he not? His greatest contribution was seriously home sweet home. <laughs> like, like, I don't care. Big brother Jake. If I went into his house and met him and he pulled out the Olympic torch and was like, guess what? I ran with this. And then he pulled out the VHS of home sweet home and said, but I was also the lead in this. I'd be far more impressed by that. I'm impressed by it all. Honestly, I think number one, music by Jake. Yeah. Body by Jake music. I would say if he would have channeled his character from this and maybe done a little PCP, the music by Jake would have been far more interesting. <laughs> well, you haven't listened to it. Maybe it's pure PCP. It would have been like death metal meets techno. Ooh, it's like gym culture. Ooh, I don't want to even envision that. It's the twang of a sweat sock. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I kind of had a mental image as you said that. <laughs> I pictured a banjo <laughs> with strings of sweat socks. Anyway. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, now that we are half an hour into our episode. So, um, yeah. It was basically a Body by Jake episode. Now that we all feel bad about our life's accomplishments, let's get into this movie. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Jake. So the movie begins with our dude, Jake Steinfeld, big brother Jake. Mm-hmm. Uh, he approaches and strangles a dude who's just sitting in his car. He's like, hey, man, you want a beer? He injects PCP, which I guess you inject. I don't know anything about PCP. No, he just like drips it under his tongue. And I then think goes he shoots crazy. it into okay. his tongue. And then goes crazy <laughs> and goes on a killing spree. Yeah. I, I, actually, the I, the premise of this is pretty good. Yeah. And this is also when we see that he has a home sweet home tattoo. Because he is an escaped insane asylum patient. Yeah, on PCP. Yeah, he's like laughing. He has the best laugh. He does. Should we show it? Yeah, we could do a laugh. <laughs> so when people knock this and they're like, oh, this film sucks. I'm going to say when the whole setup is already an escaped mental patient takes PCP and he's ripped. He's huge. Yeah. So you have a muscle head. Curly haired muscle head. Curly haired muscle head. Insane escaped con- convict who I think killed his parents. 
taking PCP and going on a killing rampage. What is not to already love about the idea of this film? No. And the next scene, he is already on to his next kill. He hits an old woman with who's like carrying her groceries. It's <laughs> so funny. This is how you start a movie. It is 100% how you start a movie. Like, take note to all aspiring filmmakers. You open it by choking out a guy who offers you a beer and then running over an old lady. And then as your windshield wiper is wiping the blood off, you let a, a high-pitched laugh like this. <laughs> So obviously we can't keep it at this octane, like high octane level. Yeah, this isn't a Vin Diesel movie. So no, we got to take it back. The next scene obviously requires a mime playing a guitar. Okay, let's get into this because this is really beyond Jake. This is what makes this film what it is. This is the weirdest Thanksgiving meal of all time. So we've got a lot of couples. We'll do a little setup here for you just so you can kind of get a lay of the land. We have one couple, I'm going to call them the blondes. They arrive in a Corvette or, well, I don't know, some sort of car that is a convertible. Yeah, they arrive at a kind of ranch house. Like a hacienda. Outside of LA. It's just kind of out in the country a little bit. And the idea is that they're coming together to all have Thanksgiving dinner. I guess. I mean, you don't even realize it's Thanksgiving at any point. I don't think anybody says Thanksgiving. There's just a turkey at one point. No, they talk about canned peas a lot. Yes. So <laughs> the the blondes start to have sex in their car, which is weird. But weirder still when you realize it's a top-down Corvette. So they're starting to get, like flirty and they're about to take it to the next level we there's another couple inside this hacienda in the middle of making their dinner and they're like guess what stick a pin in dinner we're gonna go hump but there's like guests it's very weird what's not to love about this movie very weird so the mime then goes through and just runs interrupting everybody who's having sex or about to have okay so let's slow it down here and spend some time on him okay his name is actually Mistake is his name. Mistake Aww. Bradley. So uh, I don't remember the guy's first name, but Bradley, it's the Bradley Ranch. And that's where everybody's coming to, to hang out. Mm-hmm. And his son is, I mean, I'm guessing... Mistake is the son. Mistake. They all call him Mistake. That's his actual name. Mm-hmm. And he is super obnoxious. Well, I think he's awesome, but he basically is dressed like a mime. He's got kind of, you know, I guess kiss style makeup in a way but it's mime makeup and he has a guitar Mm -hmm. and he's fashioned this portable amp backpack oh yeah so that he can run up to somebody make a little one-liner that's obnoxious to interrupt them doing whatever they were wanting to do which is not what a mime should do and then he does a little bill and ted style (laughs) and then runs off now i have a question Uh he does some mime like stuff Is he supposed to be more like Kiss and less like a mime? No, I just think, well, he's supposed to be kind of like he's just this uh, into metal or into rock and roll. But he does like magic tricks. He does magic. Well, and there's a reason for that. So this guy is an actual magician, like world traveled magician and mime. He had been on Wonder Woman and stuff like that. So his, his real job was... Uh, being an actual magician and mime and he was really good at it from everything I read because I looked into him Uh and people who worked with him and stuff and said he was like really good so he got cast I guess just for that the trick with the balls was pretty impressive yeah it was really impressive but his whole role in this film is to just cause pure chaos Mm mm-hmm and the way in which he does that is just running and interrupting anybody trying to have a private moment. Yeah. And playing his portable guitar at them and then running off. And they all start chasing him, which is weird. Because as adults, when you get annoyed with somebody, you don't chase him. But I guess at this hacienda they do. He also parades by another couple. There's nothing intimate happened. There's a woman uh, named Maria. Mm-hmm. Who only speaks Spanish in this movie, and she's singing very off-key and playing guitar. She's like um, almost cringeworthy stereotype. Yo. If only... I think the director is Hispanic, though. So my thought was this was put in as an F.U. as far as like... 
I think that this there's a reason for this. Probably. It's a little bit lost in translation. Yeah, it is a little bit lost. But I do think that this, this was an intentional a character inserted into the film by the director. But if you don't know that, you just read it as, um, mm-hmm. yeah, she's just... She's not uh, she's not the the best character to put in there. No, but Mistake falls instantly in love with her, I think, because she plays guitar. And then whoopsie daisy, this dinner is being made, but everybody forgot wine. Two of the women decide to borrow the convertible and go find wine. Meanwhile, there is a really long scene of the owner of the house guy looking for canned peas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do talk about Thanksgiving. It, this is a Thanksgiving movie. It's just not really over-the-top Thanksgiving. But the reason why they're all here is because it's Thanksgiving dinner. Yes. But and me- yes, it's everybody kind of gets distracted and has things they need to go do. Meanwhile, our PCP killer, Big Brother Jake, has found the hacienda and cuts power to the house. And they find the peas at about the same time. Yeah, and he's picking off people. He picks off... Um, the kill count in this is pretty high. I yeah. think it was at like 9 or 10 or something like that. So um, the the owner of the hacienda, he, he starts at the generator because the power's cut out. And so he has to go get gas for the generator. So we've already got three people going out. The two girls for wine and generator guy. He comes up upon the car that... Big Brother Jake was driving, and he decides to siphon gas out of it. While, <laughs> I like that Jake's watching him, though. Like, lurking in the trees, watching. He siphons the gas, and then he goes, goodbye, and gets in his car to go, but the battery's dead. So he decides, I guess I'll just steal the battery out of this car, too. And that's when Jake jumps on the hood of the car and kills him. He does, like, a flying atomic elbow. <laughs> that is not a joke. This is... The actual kill is the guy is looking under the hood. So he's got his whole top half of his body under the hood. And Jake comes from like the top ropes, which would have to be a tree. Yeah, he's flying down. He flies into the shot. Doing an elbow onto the hood of the car. That actually happens. I mean, this is probably one of my favorite. This is my second favorite kill of the movie. Yeah, mine too. I yeah. know. I know what your first is yeah, for sure. I mean, the first was missing something, but we'll get to it anyway. So he's dead. Let's go back to our mime guy mistake. First of all, why was that a trend? Why was miming? It was huge in the mm-hmm. like late seventies, and this was early eighties. So it's just like. Mime like spillover. People went to mime schools. Did David Bowie? I feel like David yeah, Bowie. Yeah, oh, oh, for sure. David Bowie went to mime school. Man. Everybody did. Would it was you weird. be a mime? I would go to mime school. Me too. I don't know if I would be a mime, but I would definitely go to mime school. I would love to go to mime school. Also, clown school. Yeah. Well, I've been a clown. That's true. So I kind of, I've been there, done that. I don't need to be a clown again. Let's not unpack that. Yeah. That's not for today. I'm not joking to our listeners. Like I actually was a clown. It's true. It's really uncomfortable. I'm going to close that door. We'll go back to mimes. We don't know why. Explains a lot of tears. The tears of a clown. (laughs) That's why I'm goth. Um, Anyway. Okay. Two wine babes lost. Phones. Big Brother Jake cuts the phone lines. Another dude, he runs out to go look after the missing people. Is that kind of giving everybody a clear idea, you think? It's pure chaos. The two that leave for the wine, the women. Yes. This is a criticism that I have of the movie is they're two of my favorite characters because they're just, they're kind of like easy going. They're easy to, to watch. Like they aren't obnoxious. It's surprising to me that they were disposed of at this point because I felt like they could have had them there a a little longer, especially because in Hollywood, the one is like an absolute babe. And she seems like the typical one that would have been kept to the end. Like a final girl. Like she's really pretty and she did nothing. Like this was her one and only role. Two things. One, she's not blonde. Our final girl is blonde. That's true. And she doesn't have the same dimples as our final girl. That's true. She didn't have that going for her. She does, though, look like... Uh, remember we did Strange Behavior, uh-huh. aka Dead Kids, not too long ago? She kind of looks like the the chick in that with the bangs. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, with the Blade Runner bangs. Bangs are cool. Yeah, well, but she doesn't have those. But she kind of has that same look, and I thought it was her at first. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, cool, doesn't. she's been in this. And then it... You just said bangs, and I immediately pictured her having bangs. <laughs> 
Do you remember that They Might Be Giants song, Bangs? Yes. That's a good song. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay, where are we? Okay, so the wine babes are lost. Maria, the girl who only speaks Spanish, her boyfriend goes out to look for people, and the blonde guy, so he was one of the blondes, he says he's going to stay around to be a man and care for the woman. So the guy who went in search of the others is killed. It's through strangulation, but there's blood. I don't know. Maybe Big Brother Jake is just too strong and he, like, rips his head open. I don't know. (laughs) Or his neck open. And meanwhile, the blondes, so blonde guy and blonde dimpled girl, who are supposed to be there to, like, watch after the women. And really, it's just Maria, Angel, and the mime guy. Uh, the two blondes go up to his apartment, and this is this is the point in the movie where we learn the blonde guy isn't part of this family, that he's renting an apartment above the hacienda. This whole film is impossible to follow with the relationships. Yeah. Because Angel's just like the adopted child of everybody there. I can't even tell who she belongs to. I think to. she's the hacienda owner's <laughs> okay. daughter and Mistake's sister. There I think is, so, too. There is yeah. a reference to her being Mistake's sister. Okay, and that's they have their little relationship as far as like... Brother and sister. So that makes sense. Okay. Okay. So the wine girls are... So while the blondes are upstairs humping, the wine girls are pulled over by police, but they've run out of gas. And the police basically just try and flirt with them, and the girls flirt their way out of a ticket, and it's separated. And then the blondes, after humping, they're like, maybe we should check on check on it, this child yeah and they well, find priorities they find angel eating the food under the table like an animal it's it's a really weird scene it's real weird that's, also it's poorly acted that's vanessa shaw for you she was learning on the job <laughs> you know what i would love because this is all me just being um just being lighthearted humor is if Vanessa Shaw actually heard this episode and took offense to it no way she she Worked her way to the top. Do you remember when we made a comment about the actress in um, Teen Witch? And then she contacted us. And it was the best thing ever in the whole wide <laughs> to world. To basically, like, scold us for dissing on her. We love her, though. <laughs> yeah. I think she gave us a compliment. Well, it was kind of a backhanded compliment. No, it was all good. She's we our best friend her. now. She's she misunderstood. Coming to, she's coming to Thanksgiving dinner. That's true. She is. <laughs> Okay, Angel, eating under the table. Big Brother Jake finds the wine women and kills them. So we're at, like, what, two, four? We're at a lot. Body More. counts are rising. Yep, it's it's happening. Meanwhile, the remaining crew, they just give up. They're like, you know what? They're not coming back. We're going to eat dinner. So they set out their Thanksgiving dinner. And we've got Maria, the girl who only speaks Spanish, the two blondes, Angel, and our mime mistake. Is They're it, eating. Doesn't the blonde guy pour the can of peas just straight into a bowl, too, without draining them? Yeah. That creeped me out. You know... It's like a disturbing scene in this movie. I don't know. Okay, so if you're a canned food person, I grew up pretty poor, so I was definitely a canned food person. You... Here's a little pro tip. You use your can opener, open it, almost just leaving a little bit so that the lid is hanging on you use your thumb you tip it over the sink you drain out all the juices yeah that's what everybody does not everybody Except does that guy. no you know what really you it's... know other people that don't drain peas yes many w- and... what's the point of having the liquid you like cook them in it no they just serve it that way Ew, in the water but you don't need a colander you can just drain it that way and then pour it in your bowl Okay. Also, fresh peas are better. Yeah, well, duh. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. If you go to my, or if I go to your house and you give me canned peas and water, I'm going to puke just looking at it. Yeah, it was gross. I guess I just didn't know that people didn't drain peas, and this was a revelation. If, if I took anything away from this movie, it was that scene. That was gross. That was probably the most disturbing scene of the movie. So they're all eating dinner. The mime spills jam, which, who has jam at Thanksgiving dinner? I would love jam. Can we do it this year? No. Shame on you. <laughs> Why? I don't know. What, why already, are you offended by jam? What I already are... did my shopping, man. 
Okay. All right. Sorry. Jam's not in my notes. So Mime spills jam on Maria and he goes to help her. He's going to like give her his favorite band shirt. And she goes in the bathroom and is like changing her shirt and frantically washing it and muttering in Spanish. And big brother Jake comes in and he kind of takes her hostage out of the bathroom and takes her out into the darkness because mime guy comes upon this. And so he's like following along pleading, but it's very clear. Mime guy is tiny and big brother Jake is big. Yeah. I'm so he can't do anything. I'm going to say that this scene is actually a really good scene. And mm-hmm. I think that it needs to be appreciated a little because the tone of this film is really bizarre, but everybody's playing it serious. This is not a comedy. Like no. everybody's in their mind putting out a real film. I think so. And the tone can get a little iffy in spots. And this tone's pretty dark from this whole scene when he takes her. Yeah. Pulls a knife to her and then takes her out into the, you know, brush or whatever. And mistake is pleading to not kill her. Yeah. It's not funny. And it's not funny in like a, this is a bad movie funny. It's like, this is a pretty... It's creepy. It's a dark scene. Yeah. And it's it's well done. Yeah. Because you get that sense of helplessness because mistake is clearly unable to fight. She's actually bigger than him. And so, and she's helpless because she doesn't, she's only got a bra on because she was cleaning her shirt. So it's all this exposed skin, a crazy man with a knife, and then a tiny man just trying and pleading for, for like, please don't take me. And it just, it doesn't go well. It doesn't end well because he kills her. And um, that was a surprise, you know? And then when that happens, our mime guy mistake takes off running because he knows he's next. Meanwhile, our blonde fellow finds her body and he freaks out and in a weird kind of twist accuses mistake of doing it. I mean, his name's mistake. Could you? (laughs) Everybody hates him. I, I thought that this would have been a good twist, honestly. But it's not a mistake. So blonde blonde boy goes looking for blonde girl and angel. He takes off running. And our mime mistake, he's running in the other direction. And big brother Jake chases down mime. This is it, right? This yes. is your favorite kill? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mine too. So Jake severs this power cord. Mm-hmm. And then puts it up to his guitar. This is a very metal death. Like, this is pretty cool. Uh, And the guitar electrocutes mistake. But this is the weird part, is the way it's done. Like, it's like a practical effect that is insane. Because the... I feel like it's a cartoon. No, the strings, like, actually melt on the guitar. Did you see that? They like glow. I have to watch. It I again. think it's probably over. You know, I think that there's some matte painting or something over the top of it. With mm-hmm. there's some cell painting for with, sure. With the glow, but the strings themselves turn like red hot and then break and melt off. Which means yes. they must have rigged that guitar up some way to burn the strings off. Mm. And when I saw that, I was just thinking, this is low budget at its finest because there's a good chance that that could have ended with somebody losing a limb or something. But it makes for such a cool kill. Yes. And Mistake dies. My only critique is that he should have played a riff as he was dying. Oh, yeah. That would have been incredible. That's the only critique. I'm also bummed that he dies because he was was such a cool character. He should have been the final guy. Yeah. I want to see a film with him and Heather from uh, Appointment with Fear. Okay. They would be a power couple. Meanwhile, blonde guy has run back to the hacienda and he like is frantic telling telling blonde girl, uh, you know, this is what's happening. And she's super calm, almost like on quaaludes about it. She's like, cool. Um, Big brother Jake, meanwhile, finds his way inside. What is his actual character's name? I don't know. PCP guy, maybe? Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, keep in mind, everybody, he's on PCP the whole time. I think it's easy to forget. Uh, He's got a skin-tight shirt. Yeah. He just looks like the Incredible Hulk with uh, really curly hair on PCP running around crazy. He does. He does. And in the house, things are getting a little weird because blonde girl is waiting for little girl Angel to drop a deuce. Like, there's this whole scene about this child using the bathroom. 
And then they sit in front of a fire for like eight seconds and Angel has to go to the bathroom again. Why did they write two bathroom scenes for this child? Because somebody, because the writer is a parent. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) To all of you who have kids out there, this was probably the most realistic scene of the whole movie. For sure. It's like, as a killer's running around, the kid's like, I gotta go to the bathroom and it takes forever. Um, so after our second bathroom break, PCP guy, Big Brother Jake attacks and the blondes together fight him off. And he ends up being like hit with a poker and stabbed in his back. Mm-hmm. And the blondes flee. They just are like, oh, OK, out of here. We stabbed him. We've done our part. And then they get like 10 feet out the door and they're like, oh, yeah, there's a child. <laughs> that is funny. We got to go check on Angel. And the idea that. A stab to the back won't stop him. Yeah. I was thinking about it. I think I told you this when we were watching it. Um, I never was into, nor did I own the Faces of Death series or whatever, where no. it was just like actual people being killed or something like that. Yeah. I just, that wasn't really my thing. Um, but I do remember watching, I was at a friend's house once and it was on his TV as I walked in. And the only moment I remember was... There was a guy on PCP running up a stairwell and the cops were just like loading him with bullets and he just kept running at them. And so that always stood out in my mind. It's like, well, that's just what happens when you're on PCP. So when I saw this scene of him getting stabbed and then just continuing to come at them, Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, somebody did their research. You know what? I feel like PCP is to the 80s what bath salts are to the like 2000s. Absolutely. Why aren't we getting bath salts horror movies? I think there was one. Although Angel Dust was a much better term than PCP. It was. Also, it was a really good album by Faith No More. Anyway, whoopsie, they forgot Angel. The blonde guy goes back to get her and gets his throat slit. <laughs> yeah, bummer. It's Awkward. a good scene, though. It's a great scene. And the blonde girl's like, sorry about it, and abandons blonde boyfriend, a blonde abandons Angel, and weirdly chooses to run to the upstairs apartment. And she crawls into a weird hiding space and actually passes out from fear, I guess? Yeah. I don't know, because she'd been pretty mild about the whole thing up until that point. She wakes up, crawls out of her hiding space. It's the next day, so the daylights come. Wait, I have a theory. What? You know on Thanksgiving when you eat too much and you get fatigued and you just kind of pass out? Uh You know, like your dad will just watch football and pass out kind of Uh idea? Yes. Maybe that's what happened. Probably. Maybe she ate too much of the Thanksgiving meal and that's why she's she's a little... um, you know, yeah. out of it. She she did eat. Okay. She's one of the few that ate. So that's a legit theory. Yeah. So after she, the bloating subsides, she wakes up. I'm guessing she probably has to go to the bathroom. Crawls out of hiding. But she's coming down the stairs. Big brother Jake has been lying in wait. With a knife in his back, he hops out at her and begins to attack. He's prepping to kill her when the police drive up. Because they found, weirdly, one of the wine girls, the one who had fallen on a rock and died. Mm -hmm. And they're like, a murder is afoot. Somehow they'd put it all together. And they drive up and shoot Big Brother Jake right as he's about to kill our blonde girl. Yeah. And surprise, Angel's in the back seat. They, like, drop a quick line about how they found her walking on the highway. <laughs> so weird. Like, why did he let her go? I don't know. And, and then we have to get the classic 80s, you know, moment at the end, right? Which one? Are you talking about how the blonde girl hugs Angel and is like, I'm your mom now? Well, there's that. Okay. And then there's the follow-up with oh. PCP having to do the eye-open at the very end as though we're going to what get a sequel Mm -hmm. i would have definitely taken a sequel sequel now i oh maybe we could get a petition going to get jake to not only acknowledge because he doesn't even acknowledge he ever made this movie what but to be in a part two okay everybody's doing it it's the cool thing this is where we move that's the film and it is bonkers Mm -hmm. it is so weird it is a weird film i loved everything about it and jake body by jake gives it his all he is not pretending or playing it up as like uh goofy he is all in this is his role he is earning his paycheck 
And that's, I think, what makes this film so insane uh-huh. is that he is so incredibly buff mm-hmm. and he is pretending to be on PCP with such conviction that every moment he is on screen is mesmerizing. He he has the it factor. And you know what? I don't think Jake has done anything under 100% in his whole life. I can't. From what I have read, that man is pedal to the metal through life. He is just racking up accomplishments. And this was one of the first. Yeah, the best. <laughs> what did you think of this film? It was weird. It was weird. It was real weird. It's 100% Laser Graves approved. Oh, yeah. Watch it yesterday. Yeah. Enter at your own risk. Good luck finding it. I think it's on YouTube. I think somebody put a rip on there. There was some sort of unofficial DVD release, which is just the VHS rip, which means it's super dark. And I, to my knowledge, it's never gotten a Blu-ray yet. So it's out there. It's a little bit harder to find on VHS, a little pricey. But if you're into obscure holiday horror... This is definitely worth tracking down. Mm-hmm. I also think just having a Thanksgiving horror is fun. I love the idea of holiday horror films. You know, you've got My Bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. Mother's Day, and all these. There's there's so many out there, but there weren't a lot available for Thanksgiving. So no. the fact that somebody took this as their moment, um, you know, it's cool. What would you say if you had to pick a holiday horror like what's your favorite if i gave you the option to watch a horror movie based around any holiday which one would it be what's your like go-to president's day (laughs) okay (laughs) no not really (laughs) what's the one uh, uncle sam remember that for fourth of july (laughs) that's a good one that is so good um no, seriously, like, what do you have one that, that you love watching? I feel like the greatest diversity to be found is, like, Christmas. Yeah. Because it's just been done and again. Why is there no Hanukkah horror? Oh, there probably is. Oh, we need to get more inclusive then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Christmas horror, you know, you've got Santa's sleigh, <laughs> which is amazing. Oh. I mean, I'd say my actual, some of my really favorites are Dial Code Santa Claus, which is incredible. Is this your favorite? My favorite Christmas horror? No, your favorite season for horror. Yeah, just because like what you said, it's got the most diversity. It's got Feeders 2 and um, Bloodbeat. You know, there's like all these deep cuts in there. What's the elves one? Is it elves? Yeah, elves. (laughs) You nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's just there's so many good ones. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Like there's, there's tons. So... I, I wish more holidays got the kind of attention and love that, that Christmas did. So which holiday should get more attention? You can't say President's Day. Well, Halloween's picked up, you know, more recent years. There's definitely a lot more. Um, I think Thanksgiving is there for the taking, mm-hmm. especially if you were to play more with the historical context of it. Mm-hmm. Like make it a period piece horror. Oh, yeah. It could be really cool. I feel like there is a lot we could do with Valentine's Day. Yeah, beyond My Bloody Valentine. That's really kind of the big one. More. April Fool's Day. Also, I know there's April Fool's Day, but like... It's just not a great movie, though. I know. So we should really revisit that holiday and make it what it should be. Yeah, I agree. Okay. There, we've established it. Done and done. Okay. We have done a really good job tonight, guys. Yeah. Uh, pat, pat ourselves on the back. Big Brother Jake level, for sure. Yeah, we gave it 110%. Mm-hmm. Well, that is it. That is Home Sweet Home. If you have not seen it and you like holiday horrors and it's you want something to watch on Thanksgiving, definitely check it out. Yeah. Uh, because... Uh, it's worth it. It's it's so goofy. If you like to feel weird, this is the thing to watch. I'd say it's worth watching it for mistakes performance alone. Man, I would have loved to have seen an actual band that he was in mm-hmm. in that character. Yeah, I'd like, watch it. Like an 80s metal band <laughs> called cool. Mistake. Oh, why can't we go back in time? Why can't we? Share, turn back time. We could do a spinoff version of this film called Mistake. And it's like his story in a different setting. No, I don't have... The origin story. It's a Marvel film. I don't have Big Brother Jake energy. Yeah, I don't either. Okay. I don't have any energy. We're done with this episode. 
Well, thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> if you like what you heard, check out all our back episodes on lasergraves.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You're for reals done. I see in your body yeah, language. Yeah, I'm totally done. Um, shout out to all the podcasts that, that um, we're friends with. I, you know who you are. Well, Bad Taste, definitely. <laughs> Shout out to them because they're the only one that's coming to mind right now. Thanks to CJ, too. Yes. Big thanks for sending this film. Um, we really love it. This yes. is in a good home. <laughs> it's in its forever home, for sure. I think this will be a Thanksgiving watch for us. Uh-huh. Why not? Of course. I mean, of all the Thanksgiving films we have to choose from. Yep. This is the one. This is literally the one. The crown jewel. Well, I guess we have Blood Freak, too. We could do that one, too. Let's nah. do that on Thanksgiving, just for ourselves. <laughs> I know you want to watch it. Make, make my brother and sister-in-law watch it with us. Ooh, let's do that. Okay. Okay. Well, okay, bye, everybody. Okay, um, bye. Goodbye. <laughs> have a good Thanksgiving. See you. Oh, we won't. This is a podcast. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>